moving left, trailing three. Good protect. Pass the right cross. Oh, touchdown! Tampa Bay. Oh, Jay Howard, fire them cannons! What a play! Hey everybody, welcome into the Bucks Nation podcast. I'm your host, Jason Curtis. We are concluding the 2020 Commissioner's Corner fantasy football season with our exit interviews with some of the best guests that we've had on the show this season. Starting off today with the co-founder of the Fantasy Stock Exchange. You can find his stuff on YouTube as well as at fantasystockexchange.com. My favorite Canadian, the Wolf of Ball Street. Please welcome Mr. Corey Bushland. Hey, what's going on, Jason? Glad to be back on here. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for jumping back on. We had a great discussion the first time around. This is your exit interview, my friend. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Super Bowl 55, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take home the Lombardi against the Kansas City Chiefs, who unfortunately are not going home a dynasty. So Super Bowl 55, in your opinion, who was the biggest star coming out of that game? Yeah, on the offensive side, I think the biggest star to me, and I think this is good news for Bucks fans, for people who want uh, good things for Ronald Jones in the future of his fantasy owner, I think it was Leonard Fournette, personally. I think the way he ran throughout the playoffs, the way he played in that game, uh, especially he may have played himself out of a contract in Tampa Bay. And for those people like myself who want Ronald Jones to be a feature back someday, that's probably a good thing that Leonard Fournette won't be around. And I'm sitting here totally agreeing with you because I love Ronald Jones. I think he's a phenomenal back. Leonard Fournette, 16 carries, 89 yards. He scored the one touchdown. Phenomenal game for him. I mean, playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny comes out. Uh, my my offensive player was was Gronkowski. I think he just was, uh, he balled out six receptions. He got the two tutties, as he likes to refer to them. Yep. The two tutties. But the biggest star... I know you and I were talking about it earlier, so I want to bring it up. The biggest star was... I said it was Devin White, and the reason I said that is because I think the way he's got this defense playing throughout the entire playoff run and at the end of the season, the end of last season even, um, they're just playing like... He's playing like Ray Lewis, and that's like huge play, praise for someone like that, but the way he like... He gets me excited. When I listen to his interviews, yeah. I'm like, yo, this guy, like I would, if I was a defensive back on the Bucks or whatever, I'd be like, man, I'm riding or dying for this dude because he knows how to lead like a, a group of men. And that's honestly like, I'm, I'm literally wearing a number 40 LSU sweater right now. Like I love Devin White. I have a sign right behind me. You know, he, he's had a phenomenal year and absolutely. I mean, he started off the year talking to McCaffrey saying, hey, you're the best to do this. Yep, I know that, <laughs> right? Yeah, and he was Christian McCaffrey at the time. Maybe he saw some things that we didn't because I was like, I don't know about that. He kind of uh, you know, let's reserve a little our bit. expectations, like, yeah. Yeah, like he's great at uh, <laughs> pass rush and coming downhill, but when he's backpedaling in coverage, I don't know about that, but he really turned this, it off. Oh, t- terrible in zone coverage, right? Absolutely terrible in zone coverage, but he has been... I mean, he's been on fire most of the season, and that defense absolutely showed up when it needed to. Let's hope that that continues moving into the next season with the Buccaneers. Let me go ahead and move on to my next exit interview question for you, Mr. Bushland. Here we go. What were your biggest takeaways from the 2020 fantasy football season? Um, Okay, so this is going to sound really basic, but I think the biggest takeaway I have every year is just invest in really talented players and on good teams. Like it's so simple uh, at the core. Everyone's just like, oh yeah, like take Chiefs, take um, Saints, take players that are on good teams that score a lot of points. It seems very simple, but every year we do the same thing where we talk about, 
this guy, like DJ Chark, for example, who's on the Jacksonville Jaguars, won one game this past year. It was a guy I really liked coming into the season for fantasy purposes. I think the bottom line is just pick good players on good teams. And I also think um, the young ascending talents is another thing that has been a theme of mine. I'm always more willing to invest in guys like AJ Brown this uh, before this year, DK Metcalf, guys who are young players coming into their primes than I am willing to bet on bounce back candidates like Odell Beckham or AJ Green. I mean, there is a winning recipe and uh, I guess the whole uh, cliche, don't get cute when it comes to trying to get creative with your fantasy lineups really does not pay off in the, in the end. I mean, you may think that again, Oh yeah, I totally have this game plan down that they're going to totally run it against this. And when you start understand the game plan, no doubt, I think that's absolutely part of fantasy, but don't get too cute. It's okay Mm -hmm. to replicate a winning formula, right? I mean, that's, that's ultimately what you don't want to do is just get too cute and start putting in players that you think I actually play DJ shark at the wrong time because it was later I needed a fill. Uh, wide receivers are obviously dropping like flies like crazy. You know what I learned? I learned uh, don't try to do something different to create something winning. I, I My very first pick overall was Michael Thomas and shot me in the foot completely, right? So that was my, and I had the number five pick in both of my leagues that I uh, had a top five pick. And yeah, shot me in the foot. So it just, uh, you know, don't get too cute when you're trying to do something Go with a running back. That seems to be a winning formula, right? And go with a running back straight out of the gate because there are so few of them that score so high right out of the gate and so consistently as we preach about here on the Commissioner's Corner. Let me go ahead and get into my next question here. What were your key highlights of the 2020 fantasy football season? Key highlights. Okay, all right. So one was winning my home league, right? So I'm in a home league. I'm sure everyone... At uh, who's listening to this right now has a league that they value more than whatever other leagues that they're in. We I talked about the last time you were on the show. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And th- beside me, um, as you can see, well, I guess that you guys can't see it, but Jason, you can see it. There's going to be a trophy that's on my wall beside me. It's coming nice. in um, from a couple hours away. My buddy's going to ship it to me. And that was <laughs> a lot of money that I won in that league. And I can, I mean, I'm, I don't mean to jump ahead on your questions here, but I can only thank Alvin Kamara and Devonte Adams for that. Um, because I absolutely wiped the floor with the guy in the finals. Championship week. Who the hell? (laughs) Who could have predicted that was going to happen on championship week? Six freaking touchdowns from Alvin Kamara in week 16. That was absolutely. Best Christmas gift ever. Ridiculous. Yeah, Yeah, the the guy who won. Actually, so the guy who had Alvin Kamara in one of my leagues actually had, uh, actually only won second place. He did not win first place because everyone else shit the bed. Alvin Kamara was the only big player. Yeah, I actually beat the guy who had Alvin Kamara in my other league that I won this past year, too. There you go. See, it it pays to have a very nice, well-rounded roster. I want to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to get into favorite fantasy players. We're going to talk about redrafts and keepers. You guys don't want to miss it. Stick around. You're listening to the Bucks Nation podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Bucks Nation podcast. I'm your host, Jason. I am here with Corey Bushland, the Wolf of Ball Street. I think, did I dub that? I dubbed that, or did I give that to you there, the Wolf of Ball Street? Have you been I may have, I may have tweeted it out at some point, but yeah, I think I think you were the one who came up with that. You were coming up with <laughs> nicknames right away. So <laughs> I had to get creative, my friend. I had to get creative. 
the the fantasy stock exchange you can go to fantasystockexchange.com or go out to youtube search for fantasy stock exchange you can find all their good stuff out there this is down and dirty exit interview style so let's go ahead and get into the next one your favorite fantasy player in 2020 who was it um i'm gonna go with my biggest hit of the offseason no one seemed to talk about this guy and i honestly didn't know why once i got into the actual like numbers of what his new situation was presenting itself with everyone kind of just went with the lazy arguments and that was stefan diggs stefan diggs was a guy i literally owned in every single league because i was like how the heck is stefan diggs going in the sixth seventh round of fantasy drafts he may have gone a bit higher for people who are in home leagues because he's a bigger name kind of guy that had been around for a while but everyone just was ready to write him off as Josh Allen is bad down the field. He has bad accuracy. It's a new receiver in a situation where he doesn't have a full off season to get acclimated with his quarterback. And to me, I was just like, Stefan Diggs is going to help Josh Allen become a better passer. He's going to make him more accurate. So, and my other big argument against him was, or for him was that in Minnesota, Stefan Diggs never received even remotely close to the target volume that he was supposed to receive based on how talented of a player he was. So I was I, going into Buffalo. I was like, there's nobody else to compete with targets. There's no Adam Thielen on that team. There's no even Kyle Rudolph, who was a, ta- uh, a productive tight end for Minnesota. There wasn't even a, a, a Dalvin Cook to, to center the yeah. offense around. So I, I just was way in on Stefan Diggs. And he was definitely one of my big hits. Good, good complimentary pieces in Buffalo with Cole Beasley uh, and, and, and so many other, it, like, it just seemed to all gel that entire receiver core. I mean, you, you really saw that Stefan Diggs was the top player and that mine actually was, I mean, it was Josh Allen. I mean, he is the top of the leaderboard, 396 fantasy points, according to ESPN fantasy, 396 fantasy points on the season. Second came in Aaron Rodgers, And of course it rounds off with a third quarterback, Kyler Murray. Number three with 378 fantasy points. Number four, Alvin Kamara, 377 fantasy points. So, and only Josh about Allen, half that of that it. came in week 16. Oh, yeah. Kamara. Oh, yeah. No, but what about Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill, week yeah. 12 against the Buccaneers, 63 I I freaking that, fantasy points. I? On this show, when I came on here, I was like, Tyreek Hill, you asked me who is the fantasy MVP of that game. I was like, Tyreek Hill, whether he's on SMB or Carlton's on him, no one can handle his speed without Jamel Dean in that game. And I was definitely right. Until about that. Super Bowl 55. For sure. I'm glad I was finally doing again. That was such a beautiful play. Hats off to that secondary. That young secondary showed that they can learn. And Todd Bowles and the rest of that staff really put that secondary back together. I really didn't know if they were going to come back, and they really did. They proved me wrong time mm-hmm. and time and time again. So absolutely hats off to, to, to the Buccaneers secondary for shutting down Tyreek Hill, especially after that week 12 performance, the highest fantasy performance in history, in history, Corey, <laughs> it was ridiculous. All right. Heading into the ne- next question, heading into 2021, I want to know who your keeper is. You're in a keeper league. Who are you keeping on this bench that you've had from 2020? For sure. Who are you keeping? Uh, Cam Akers. Cam Akers is going to be my dude next year. I already know it. Um, Wow. All right. Basically, the reason I say this is because when I'm looking at running backs and running back, I'll say this over and over again, whether you're in a super flex league or not, running back is the most important position in fantasy. It's the least important in NFL football, but in fantasy, it's the most important. And Cam Akers is a guy that has all of the question marks answered, in my opinion. He's very talented. His offensive line really stepped up last year, played really well. He has a quarterback upgrade who just came in with the Matthew Stafford trade. He has an elite play caller with Sean McVay, an elite offensive scheme. 
And more importantly, his coach has shown propensity to use a workhorse running back of his talent when he, they used Todd Gurley all those years ago. So I think Cam Akers is in for an absolutely monster Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey level type breakout next year. You know, I'm looking at some of the top scores here and I'm looking at, you know, Derek Henry could absolutely be a keeper. So we're looking at top keepers being mostly quarterbacks. If you are looking to obviously redraft, you know, starting off with a running back. Remember, most keeper leagues, you do forego your first round picks, depending on how many keepers you have. Uh, So, you know, you've got Derrick Henry, you've got uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, of course, etc. Alvin Kamara, I'm not so sure of. That's the only question mark for me because Drew Brees is not coming back. Uh, and, and if Taysom Hill assumes the reins in New Orleans, which many are speculating, heavily speculating, Jameis Winston will not be the one taking those reins. Taysom, Taysom Hill will. Uh, he has made Alvin Kamara a lot more average than uh, than what meets the eye in, in other weeks that, that Taysom was not starting in 2020. So question mark over Alvin Kamara, at least from my perspective. But yeah, Cam Akers, that's a, that's a good pick. I like that yeah, one. I, I personally don't see it that way with Alvin Kamara. The reason, if you dig into it, the reason that Alvin Kamara was not he as could productive be leaned on. You're right. with Taysom Hill, uh, especially in the receiving game, was because Alvin Kamara didn't play as much, and it was because he was injured um, Good point. at that point in the season, and they were playing some terrible teams, too. So you have, you got to figure, you're Sean Payton, you have your star quarter, or your, your, your franchise quarterback, your Hall of Fame caliber quarterback out of the games because he was injured. Your running back is already banged up and you have a very capable backup in Latavius Murray. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And it, it ended up evening itself out right before Drew Brees came back when Alvin Kamara was healthy after their bye week. They started using nice. him more in the receiving game and he was seeing more snaps on the field. So I, I think it was more just a fact of Kamara not being healthy than it was. It kind of just happened to coincide with uh, Taysom Hill taking the starting job. Assuming full redraft format heading into 2021, if everything remains the same, just as the last question pre- this is pre-free agency. This is pre-draft. Which player gets your number one overall draft pick, rookie or or veteran? Is it what kind of format? Is it half PPR, full PPR? Uh, full PPR. Let's do. Yeah, we always assume full PPR. Okay, it makes show. it even easier. If it's a full PPR league, I have the first overall pick. I'm pr- picking Christian McCaffrey in about point nice. two seconds. So. He was in my top three. Yes. There's literally a a rumor that came out today that the Panthers are trying to go after Deshaun Watson with Christian McCaffrey potentially being involved in that trade compensation. So if that doesn't happen and Christian McCaffrey is a Carolina Panther next year, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback, maybe it's they trade up for Zach Wilson or like whoever, whatever they do at quarterback. I don't care because Christian McCaffrey has proven he is a Marshall Falk caliber fantasy asset where he is literally a wide receiver one and a running back one rolled into one player because he set the rookie or not the rookie, sorry, the running back receptions record two straight years, the past couple of years. And if it weren't for a high ankle sprain, courtesy of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense last year, um, he would have probably been the number one scoring running back again. And in the four games he played, he was averaging like 25 plus PPR points per game again. So I, I honestly have no concerns taking Christian McCaffrey one-on-one. Just for fun, how far down do you see Saquon Barkley fully healed and recovered? How far down do you see his uh, value drop? The next pick. The next pick? Would, number two? I huh? would pick him too, yeah. And it's going to depend also a little bit on what the Giants do on their offense because it's so hard to bet against Saquon, right? Because he's probably the most freakishly talented running back since Adrian Peterson yeah. who's ever played in the NFL. But his offensive situation, if he were an average running back, I would have a lot of concerns about because... 
They have Daniel Jones, a quarterback who hasn't really proven too much in the NFL. Their offensive line got better towards the end of the year, but it's not it's not a great offensive line. And the receivers on the outside don't really draw too much attention away from Saquon. So his situation needs to improve for me for him to be my 102. If he's if that doesn't happen, if it's kind of the same situation he currently has, I might lean a Dalvin Cook or a Derrick Henry over him and then make him kind of like 104-ish area, but he'd still be in my top five regardless. You know, ever since that weekend, week eight matchup against the Buccaneers, we've always said that that is a much better New York Giants team than many uh, are not giving them credit for. And they many have underestimated. Obviously, they went on their running streak for a little bit there. And uh, they ended the season pretty strong, to be honest with you. That whole NFC East, aside from the Cowboys, unfortunately, just because of their injuries, uh, really picked themselves up out of the dirt, to be honest with you. It started really shitty for the first 10 weeks. But in the end uh, of that season, they really picked it up. And and I feel like the New York Giants are a much better team than most people are giving them credit for. So absolutely, uh, totally agree with you there. Um, I'm actually going to say Kelsey. Kelsey is, there's so few, and we sh- we saw it very clearly in 2020 that there are so few tight ends, solid tight ends that you're going to get 10 plus points on you got to go with the heavy hitter and you got to go with them early. If you're not going to go running back or wide receiver, you might as well go uh, tight end to start off with. And Travis Kelsey, just to make sure you get his ass on your roster. That's all I'm saying. Cause I think he's going to have another bang out year next year. No doubt. Oh, I'm sure he will. My, my only issue with going a tight end that early is because I think it's very easy to spot breakout tight ends. So the positional value, because I think it's easy to do that. And I was very I think I was I hit on TJ Hawkinson this past year, hit on a couple other guys that were going later on oh, very a couple good. years ago, yeah. Mark Andrews, Darren Waller. Like it was pretty easy to spot these guys going into the season. So I think with that being said, I'd probably rather just wait on tight end and load up on the super, super rare running backs, like the guys that get way too much volume to possibly ignore at the beginning of drafts. And same goes for some of the receivers too, the Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill um, type receivers are very rare in their own right. So I, I, I just forego tight end early personally. Well, thanks a lot for joining me, man. Corey, appreciate it. That'll do it for us here on Bucks Nation. I want to thank my very special guest today, Corey Blishlin, the Wolf of Ball Street from Fantasy Stock Exchange. You can check him out at fantasystockexchange.com as well as on YouTube. Go ahead and tell everybody all your socials. How can they find you? Uh, my Twitter is at football stock, exactly how it sounds. We currently have um, a pre-order for our rookie draft guide, rookie and dynasty draft guide. There's going to be a lot of nice. awesome information in there, a lot of rookie profiles, um, dynasty rankings, um, a video series where I talk about how I actually watch these players and evaluate them for fantasy purposes, not necessarily from an NFL draft perspective, but for fantasy, especially, um, t- so much more, a lot of research notes that you're not going to find anywhere else. So you can do your own kind of research on this rookie class and, and tons more dynasty content articles and strategy in that, uh, dynasty draft guides. So the fantasy stock exchange.com is how you can find that. Uh, there's a video on the homepage. If you want to watch that, you can uh, see what's all in the guide. And then you can read two uh, free prayer, uh, player articles for free uh, before you even decide to purchase anything to make sure that you get the value that you desire out of it. Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah, those draft kits are are absolutely of value. You want to make sure you keep an eye out for that. Really appreciate you all joining us for our exit interview special series, all part of our Commissioner's Corner Fantasy Football segment. Stay tuned each week as we continue to bring fantastic coverage on the Bucks and across the NFL from all angles, including fantasy football. If you want to submit a question to our brand new mailbag, you can do that. 
just send me an email at bucksnationpodcast at gmail.com. Leave me your name, question, or a message, and I'll make sure to get it up on the air on an upcoming show. Leave us a review on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you download and stream the Bucks Nation podcast channel. Until then, Bucks Nation, wave your flags high and fire the cannons. See you.